Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of Prop Swap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. We will be talking to the personal trainer uh, for Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts. Luke and I will get to our favorite stake or swap picks. Uh, but first, we'll start off with some MLB playoffs talk. Um, th- it's been an exciting uh, couple of weeks for MLB playoffs. I think the wild card round was a great success. Uh, I said on last week's podcast, definitely expect uh, at least one upset. And in the NL side, we got two upsets. Uh, the, the Padres beat the Dodgers and the Phillies upset the Braves. Um, but Luke, I've been seeing a lot of people kind of complaining about, uh, about, you know, it wasn't fair to the Dodgers and the Braves, the, the Dodgers, Braves and Mets all won over a hundred games this season, but yet neither, none of them are going to be, uh, in the NLCS. Um, and so I have my thoughts on it, but I'll, I'll start with you first. Uh, what, what have your thoughts been, uh, so far this MLB postseason? Yeah, I mean, we can throw out the Mets because I think everyone who watched their last, you know, seven games was like, this team is not going to do anything relevant in the postseason. They just completely collapsed at the Atlanta Braves. So throw out the Mets. And then the next two points, like Philly won in four and literally like they handedly beat the Braves. Philadelphia did. So it's it's not like it was like close and like it was a nail biter and Philly eked out a win. Like it was, they blew them out. So I throw that, you know, throw that argument out. And then, you know, Dodgers Padres are okay. Of those three teams, that was certainly the closest series. But, you know, that again only took four games. And like, I don't know. If it like went to five, I could maybe see that argument. And it was like, you know, a tie ball game in the ninth. And, you know, one of these teams wins it and in extras or in the bottom of the ninth. Like, okay, maybe, you know, it'd be top nine if it was at the, the home favorite. But, you know, maybe I could see that argument, but in this case, like, you know, the, <laughs> the Padres just jumped on them and the Phillies dismantled the Braves, which I never thought would happen either series. So I get why people are kind of in shock, but uh, they, they dismantled them. Yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, who may may not have a dog in the race or maybe they do, but they're just thinking if that was my team and we won 111 games, you know, Dodgers uh, won a, a franchise record amount of games this season. If that was my team and we never, you know, got a chance to to have like, you know, at least get a game five back. You know, I think there are a lot of them calling for a best to change the, the division series to do a best of seven instead of best of five. Um, but here's an idea. If you're the Dodgers, don't lose three games in a row. How about that? Uh, you know, it, they, the, the Astros didn't seem to have a problem with it. These swept the Mariners. The The Yankees, you know, had a, had a you know, do-or-die match in Cleveland. And guess what? They rolled their ace out, Garrett Cole, and, and he got it done. So, like, it's – how about, you know, I think Dave – you know, I think Dave Roberts got a lot of uh, – uh, you know, criticism that he was, that was due, you know, it's how about just play, play better in, in the playoffs. Um, you know, it, at a certain point, like you can't just like give the the top seeds all these advantages. I, I heard, you know, some people saying, like I said, best of seven or all the, the game should be at the, at the number one seeds, you know, home. But, you know, again, Padres and Phillies both went on the road and got a game, which their opposing team couldn't do. So um, I, I think, 
a lot of times people overreact and I think it would be extremely dumb uh, for them to change the, I, I think this has been a great playoffs. Uh, like I said, I, I love the wild card format and I think it'd be very short sighted to just overreact off of one season and, and change the format once again. Completely agree. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is how long the NBA playoffs last. So, um, in full support of, of, um, you know, three, five, seven, seven, just upsets is more fun to watch dragging a seven game series into like two weeks in the first round of the playoffs of one versus eight. Like just you're, you're wasting all of our time. Um, so no, I I'm in support of it. I, I I'd be upset at if I was a Dodger or a Braves fan, but to your point, like, win some more games and um i just like they're gonna be on the other side of this coin at some point like you know let's say the few years from now the padres are gonna win 100 games and then the dodgers are gonna upset them so like it's just it's too small of a sample size to start complaining after you know a couple seasons doing this yeah um and yeah like and i think we talked about earlier uh it was last year that the dodgers were on the other side of of you know i guess Everyone's complaining that the the Giants had this great season, won the NL West, and their reward was to was to play the Dodgers, who were you know uh, the, the number one wild card team in, in the first round. So uh, you know, it, and then and the Dodgers uh, won that series, so it worked out for them la- last year. So uh, I would tell everyone, let's let's just all calm down and just enjoy. Uh, and again, great home uh, crowds for for the Phillies and for the Padres. Uh, so I'm super excited to, to, to watch that NLCS because every game is going to be uh, electric. Um, and and, yeah, and, I'm, just, and I'm tired well, of seeing the, the Dodgers and the Braves. It's, it's been, it's been those two teams for the past couple of years in the, in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. I was going to say, um, there's a bunch of people talking about how San Diego is like the 24th largest market. Like, I don't I would be curious how they're measuring that like how does Orange County get split up because that's next to Los Angeles but it's also next to San Diego like I think just talking about downtown San Diego um so I didn't quite get that like that Padres stadium was packed on Saturday night like yeah and it was roaring in the rain too like everyone stayed in the rain like everyone in Los Angeles if it started raining like they would have been home in the seventh inning not only were they staying they were dancing it was it was like getting them more pumped up um but no I, I gotta imagine the Angels would get orange county that area sure um yeah uh that's fair i I guess my point is like i still see a ton of yeah that you're right geographically speaking you're right i guess i just see so much padres gear in those other cities actual los angeles you know orange county but you're right the 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 angels would pull would get orange county's geo yeah um so uh yeah We'll uh, we'll see what happens in the, in the playoffs, but uh, the more upsets, uh, the, the the better for us. Um, so uh, super excited about the interview we have coming up. Uh, we spoke to Gabe Rangel, uh, who is the personal trainer for Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts, uh, formerly uh, the personal trainer for Adam Levine of, of Maroon Five. Uh, uh, he's always got some good stories uh, about him. Um, but uh, Luke, I mean, why don't you just before we head into it, uh, tell us a little about uh, how you know Gabe and and uh, and what he's like. Sure. Um, so known him for gosh, almost eight years now. We met at a country music festival called Stagecoach. So everyone's heard of Coachella. Coachella is two weekends long. It goes Coachella weekend one, Coachella weekend two, 
and then Stagecoach, one weekend of Stagecoach. So it's just a country music festival, the same exact uh, festival grounds as Coachella. Um, stayed in touch, and he calls me one day because I, of course, moved to Atlantic City to expand props off to the East Coast. Um, and he calls me one day. He's like, hey, man, I'm moving to New Jersey. I'm like, I don't get many phone calls like that. <laughs> what are you moving to New Jersey for? He's like, yeah, Lane Johnson just gave me a, a you know a sizable in- job salary increase instead of Adam Levine. Um, and I took it and, you know, and we'll, we hear from Gabe later on and he talks about just, you know, it's getting a, a celebrity singer ready to take their shirt off on stage, like just a different animal than preparing these, you know, gladiators, quote unquote, for war. And, um, so it's just, it's just a different animal and it seems like he was ready for a career change and of course the money helps, but, um, so yeah, so, uh, Lane hired him away from Los Angeles, got him out to, to central Jersey. Um, uh, by the way, no Eagles live in Philadelphia, like zero. They all live in New Jersey. Um, even though the games are played in Philadelphia and even the practice facilities in Philadelphia, they all just drive in every day. So that's a fun fact, but, um, yeah, great stories. And then after becoming uh lane trainer, they all are just hanging out at uh at what's called the barn, and I don't want to ruin too much here, but um he met Jalen and Jalen said he needed a trainer as well. I think they all realized what Tom Brady's been doing for fifteen years now. Tom Brady had a side trainer in addition to having his Patriots trainer, and that's just a new model for these guys where you have your trainers at the at the team facility, but you also have your own personal trainer if you you know want to be super successful. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's a super interesting guy, and uh, seems like um, he loves what he does. And uh, obviously, uh, the the results are, are there for his clients. Uh, the Eagles are are six and zero undefeated, and uh, I'm not I'm not saying you know Gabe has anything to do with that, but uh, super super cool to see uh, his uh, his clients uh, succeed right now. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into the interview. And we are back with Gabe Rangel, personal trainer for uh, Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts. Gabe, thanks so, so much for joining the Props Up podcast today. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Um, so, uh, we, obviously, what we want to get into your work with, uh, with the Eagles and, and, uh, and, and the players you work with, but uh, I thought we would first start off with asking how you got your start in, in personal training. What, what, what did you do beforehand, and, and, and how did this lead to, to your current career? Yeah, so I, uh, I served six and a half years in the Marine Corps, and... After my last tour, I did Iraq and Afghanistan. But when I ended Afghanistan, I uh, went to school and did uh, kinesiology, and I had to do an internship. So my first internship actually uh, was in uh, Tulsa University as a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and that's kind of how I got in. Crazy, weird how the universe works. But my high school football coach was a strength coach at LSU. And then he ended up being a strength coach at uh, Athletes Performance, which is now called Exos. It's like one of the most elite scientific-based uh, training for pro athletes. He was kind of their main trainer. He stepped away and started his own thing. I was at Tulsa, ending my stuff, and they offered me a GA to be full-time there. And then he opened a gym out in LA. His name's Travel Gaines. And um, dude, my first, he offered me a job there. My first training, I'm training Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, Donald Penn, like as like a first time trainer. So it's just weird how the universe works, but I kind of got into it on accident and uh, kind of just ran with it from there. Um, and so 
like so obviously did you grow did you grow up playing football was that was football obviously kind of always a big part of your life or was was your was your internship at Tulsa kind of your first experience with with football yeah I played football just high school like uh you know most guys like it was never like I loved watching it but I had no desire to coach it or even think that I'd be this integrated like I am right now especially at this level um I love the game but yeah, Tulsa was the first time that I actually uh, had it as like a focus. And funny enough, when I was at Tulsa, I was not only coaching football, I was like doing women's equestrian and <laughs> rowing too. So very, very uh, diverse uh, background for all the uh, equestrian fans out there. And, um, you know, so you go from Tulsa and then you got the job in Los Angeles. And then, of course, you were hired by a guy who's been extremely popular in the news lately, Adam Levine. I get when I tell your story to friends, I get asked, like, what is the difference between training a guy like Adam Levine versus training a, a, you know, a person like Lane Johnson? Like those body types couldn't be more different. Like, can you just explain the difference between what Adam's goals were? And then, of course, what Lane's and Jalen's goals are as as a player? Definitely. So. On the personal training side, when it comes to like stars and entertainers, um, it's definitely aesthetic driven. So in aesthetics, um, you're, you're kind of more focused on nutrition and you're trying to like, you're literally just trying to get stuff to look good. In, in performance side of the world, we're trying to get things to perform optimally, right? So um, we're, we have phases of like, we're going to move weights, but we're going to move them fast. And we have blocks where we're going to get super strong. I mean, in the bodybuilding, that's like pretty much what an aesthetic type of program would look like. Um, you're just you're caring about sets and reps. Like that's just your whole world. It's sets and reps, time under tension, how long you're lifting, how much you're lifting, and then the nutrition part is like everything. Uh, performance and aesthetics. Like, look, there's a lot of carryover. If you've watched both workouts, you'd be like, some things are different. I'd say the movement portion, we're trying to get them faster, would be a lot different looking. Uh, but overall, it's just still working out. Like, I mean, it's, there's only so much you can do in a gym. Like, we're not doing backflips out there. But, yeah, just the speed and a power um, kind of emphasis for the uh, athletes is the big difference maker. Right. That makes sense. Um, and then, you know, talk to us how you got uh, the job with Lane, which, you know, inevitably led to working with Jalen and, um, you know, what that jump was from Los Angeles to uh, the southwest part of New Jersey. <laughs> a little bit different uh, environment. Okay, first of all, when I did that, Lane was like, come to Jersey. It's beautiful in New Jersey. I love to New Jersey. No, but uh, now I'm sitting in the snow in a few months and like, man, why did I leave California? Um, so Lane, I actually worked after, um, after Travell. I got introduced to Jake Glazer, and, uh, and then I ended up working with Brian Erlacher, a little Chicago boy for you. And Erlacher and I opened a gym and Jay came on with us uh, in L.A. called Unbreakable, which is still open. Um, when we opened the gym, um, we had a desire to just train a bunch of NFL guys. I was still training Brian uh, and we, we attracted such a diverse group. And Jay obviously is the relationship man. Like he knows everybody. He's like Mr. Connected. Um, he brought in Chip Kelly and this is 2012. 13, I want to say he brought in Chip Kelly and, and Chip on the offseason brought Zach uh, Ertz and uh, Lane. And I met Lane literally is right after his rookie year. He had one year in the league. I trained him in the offseason. And uh, that's where our relationship kind of began. It's kept in touch, like very loosely. Um, 
but nothing really came of it. He got injured once he won the Super Bowl. After that, he got injured. He wasn't happy with the staff at the time that they had, and he was like, look, Brady's doing it. Like The personal training kind of thing uh, is going to become a new trend at the professional athlete level, so uh, I want to get ahead of it, and I want to hire you full-time. I was like, dude, I'm training a rock star, <laughs> and I'm like, I just go golfing all day, so what are you bringing to the table? But he uh, – Lane made a pretty good offer. Like he, he, he literally was like, I'm going to the Hall of Fame. You can talk about me in my speech if you want to. I mean, like, I'm a performance-based guy, so, like, aesthetics is cool. Touring with Maroon 5 was fun, but I missed sports and, and, and doing what I did. So uh, that's that's how Lane got me. He's just like, I'm going to the Hall of Fame. And I was like, I'm all in. Let's do it. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm guessing, like, as a trainer, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to measure wins and losses. Like, you know, like, how, how can you really measure your success with, with Adam? It's like, it's not, you know, based on maybe tour, you know, tour sales, but, like, with when you train an athlete, it's like there's actual, like, kind of measurable things about how – how how successful you are with 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 your client kind of oh yeah for sure um yeah it's that that part's rewarding but it's also on the other side it's like there's a lot of great trainers out there that are training guys on the colts you know like how are they gauging their success like wins and losses is definitely rough but i think a lot of times like the really good trainers like these guys i don't ever try to take credit for lane or jalen or any of them like those guys put the work in i just try to be a little bit of a compass and be like hey Let's maybe focus this a little bit more and, you know, we can bring out this attribute a little bit better, but uh, they do all the work. So it's fun, like right now in Philly when we're, you know, 6-0, and but it's also you just got to just be like, hey, just as long as your body's feeling good and we keep it kind of uh, focused on that, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think is the biggest difference between this Eagles team this year and the Eagles team last year? Because obviously the addition of A.J. Brown has made a difference. And it's allowed Jalen to, you know, find a receiver without having to work so hard. Last year it was basically Devontae Smith or Bust. Um, so outside of AJ Brown, what do you think the biggest difference is between this year and last year? I mean, there's so much. The defense is it has to be mentioned. Like that defense is is creating stops and turnovers and I mean, as you you know, they they showed on the Sunday night game last night was it, it was phenomenal when you can create turnovers. How much it makes the offense job a lot easier. But honestly, from my point of view, what I truly think we had a we had a, a workout uh, in the off season and it was pouring rain. It was like sideways pouring rain, and, and these guys work out. Jalen works out at six a.m. and he had Devonte Smith, AJ come, and um, it was pouring. And I'm like, there's no way these guys show up. There's no way. They all three showed up in different cars. They got out. They all sat on the grass, the wet grass. They laced up their cleats, and then, boom, we went straight into it. And I haven't seen that type of leadership when no cameras are around, no anything was around. Those guys are just putting the work in. So there's a couple things to draw from that. One, their level of dedication, I think, this team is really bought in, and, and they've really kind of taken their stuff to the next level. But they're also brotherhood and – Although, like, AJ and Jalen are best friends. Devon Smitty and, and Jalen played at Bama together. Like, there's this Titan group relationship that I, I think they've kind of been missing in the past, just from, again, from, like, a outsider's but knowing the guy's point of view. Um, I think that that helps everything because they, they can be critical on each other but want everybody to, to succeed. So I think first to answer your question, I think the defense is it's it's changing everything. Defense for sure, but I think again, 
this group is is really tight knit, and that's why they're winning. Yeah, yeah. The prior the prior quarterbacks, most notably Carson, didn't seem to be incredibly well liked in the locker room. So a change of leadership, I think, can can increase buy in. Um, so that makes sense. And then specifically the O line. I mean, you know, you've you've talked before. You think this is the best offensive line in the NFL. Um, you know, maybe talk about a little bit about Lane and you know Kels and you know obviously. Uh, met uh, Maialata a couple weeks ago out in Philly, and you've mentioned that he is the largest player in the NFL. Like, if everyone stays healthy, like this offensive line just moves people. It does, yeah. Jordan is is massive. I, him and Trent Brown, they're about the same uh, uh, same anthropometrics of just height and weight. But Jordan's so damn fast; it, it's insane. But yeah, they they they're firing all cylinders. Dickerson. Um, from Bama at our left guard is just mauling people. That left side of the line is about a ton on its own. Like, you know, it's a combined weight of almost, you know, 800 pounds just between the two of them, just the left side. And then Kels is, you know, just in space. He's the best center. It's not even close. And his knowledge and awareness. But the craziest part is that you remember meeting Cam Jurgens. Like, he's he's ready to step in at center. Like, to have that type of backup and reassurance is, is insane. So our center position is great. And then the right side, you got Isaac, who's a Super Bowl winning left guard, and now he's moved over to right guard and uh, holding the right side down with Lane. Uh, but he has Super Bowl pedigree, so it's like you, you just have experience across this line, and, and I don't even think it's close. They're they're just mauling down D, D lines, and you saw like the Cowboys last night. Uh, that's supposed to be their strength, and, and they have a good good D line. But uh, I'll take our guys any day um, up against any D line. So yeah, r- really good group. Um, so you, you had mentioned uh, how you got in contact with Lane. How did that did that relationship with Lane and and being in the Eagles like facility or you know being with the Eagles kind of translate into into uh, meeting Jalen and, and and how did that relationship start? Yeah, so he uh, so training we Lane had a barn. It was an actual like horse <laughs> barn, and we literally he was like when he moved out or when I moved out here from California, I was like, well, where are we going to train? So we we found a local gym. And we were kind of training and then we were like, why don't we just build this in the barn? So we laid cement down and, you know, we created this insane fun gym. Uh, we call it the bro barn. And yeah, guys just started coming in the off season cause they, they wanted to train and, and we, it slowly just started growing. It was, you know, just Lane and I, and then somebody would come in, another person would come in and it kind of grew. Jalen, uh, when he first joined the team and he was our backup, they actually have the same agent, um, kind like, Lane's agent does some, uh, some of Jalen's uh, uh, contract stuff. So it's not his full-time. Nicole's his full-time agent. But he helps a lot on Jalen's contract stuff. And they both went to Oklahoma. So they had a prior relationship. So Jalen was coming over just to hang out. And then he met me. And he's like, well, I need somewhere to train in the offseason. So we started a relationship when he was his first year. And he was the backup. So it was cool. Him and I had something going. And um, we just started training. And then... <laughs> everything kind of snowballed and he became the starter. So it was, uh, it was an easy relationship to begin and nothing. And he's one of the hardest workers. So it makes my job a lot easier. Yeah. You made a, you made a comment, I think last off season where it was tough for Jalen to find a quarterback coach. And it's like, to me, like literally a starting quarterback, there's 32 starting quarterbacks. Like the fact that any starting quarterback is having a difficult time finding a throwing coach. It's like mine, boggling to me like coaches should be you know slobbering over to get that gig like just talk about like you know in this example he needed a physical trainer 
you filled that void. Like, you would think these guys would just have access to whoever they want. Like, I found that interesting. No, and he does. Like, there's a million guys he could have gone with. His, his thing was trying to find a local guy. Um, he, he, before, I think he used uh, Quincy. He's one of Quincy Avery, I think, is one of the QB coaches he used for coming out of Combine. And then he progressed over. And I actually, one of my first internships was with Tom House. And so I was like, you know, he does Brady, Breeze, and all these guys. So I was constantly, oh, and then he worked with Bob Stroop down in Texas. But then I was like, Jay, you got to go see Tom. you got to go see Tom. Please go see Tom. And, and, and so he finally did this offseason. But he likes being local. And, and then finding a, a local throwing coach, that's more, that's more difficult. Like finding like a South Jersey or even a Philly like throwing coach. Because a lot of the coaches go home for the offseason. And then a lot of the other big-name coaches are in L.A., New York. So he'll go out there for a couple weeks at a time. But then, yeah, when he comes back, um, I know the Mannings were reaching out just for like mentor stuff. I think he was talking to either I don't know if it, I forget if it was Eli or Peyton a couple like once or twice a week um, when he was first beginning and entering that starting role. I don't know if they still do that. I, I haven't asked him in a while, but um, yeah, it, I mean everybody does want a little piece, obviously. And when he's a backup, it's less, right? And then when he becomes a starter, everyone wants like, hey, come throw with me, like so then they can have that on their resume, but. Um, he, anywhere he goes, he's, he's just working. So um, a lot of those guys are good. And, and I think Tom and the, it's called 3D QB uh, did real good work with him this offseason. Um, spe- speaking of the Mannings, uh, Jalen actually did make an appearance on the Manning cast uh, a couple weeks ago. And the, the brought up uh, his the video from Oklahoma of him squatting 600 pounds. Uh, and his explanation was he's like, I was just, you know, I was the new guy on the team and I was just trying to prove myself. But I mean, that's, I mean, talk about, I mean, what, what is, what is he like as an athlete? I mean, it, it is not normal for a quarterback to be able to squat 600 pounds. So Jalen's dad's a, a, a longtime high school football coach, kind of like a legend down in the Houston area. And uh, his brother, funny enough, went to the same junior college Lane went to. Um, and his brother played quarterback there. And it, it's a rough school <laughs> down there. It'll build his character real quick. But um, Jalen has been powerlifting since he was in high school. So he was squatting 500 pounds as a junior in high school. So he had a leg up and his dad constantly was like, lift, lift, lift. It's going to help you later down the road. And especially in a position where, I mean, everybody's lifting now. Like no one's, you know, no one's just stopping and doing whatever. Everyone's lifting. But to that extent and having that much strength going into college, it's unreal. So he, uh, he already had such a great base. And I mean, he's still, it's just, it's crazy that him and, Jason Kelsey are putting up the same weight on stuff. I think Kel said something about that on a on a his podcast with uh, his brother. He's like, I go use the rack, and then Jalen's like, Oh, let me hop in. You're like, No, you're not You're hurting my feelings. Um, but yeah, he's he's just been doing it at such a young age, and like I said, I think a lot of that comes from his dad, and his dad's such a good teacher mentor that uh, he just kind of stuck with it and made my job easy. Yeah. Do you think that's the like I think often about is the future Justin Herbert, you know, skinny frame, tall gunslinger, or is the future the mobile quarterback? It there's it's that's what makes the art of being a good quarterback, right? Like you can have either characteristic and succeed. Um, I think you will see more mobile quarterbacks that are also gunslingers. Like you're, they're just going to start producing guys that are so multi talented and, and uh, multifaceted, but. Yeah, the running quarterback, like 
you're not going to see the guys that just sit in the pocket anymore. And I think that's dead. Like, even Herbert's mobility compared to, like, Peyton's mobility is night and day. Like, nobody considers Herbert a, a mobile quarterback, but he could tuck that thing and run. Um, yeah, so I think he just adds a different dynamic. Jalen adds such a different dynamic to a game where you have to worry about so much with that RPO. Um, it, it just adds another wrinkle that's just really hard to defend him, and I think that's what makes the team so dangerous this year. Yeah, that uh, that Monday night football game uh, against the Vikings, where he ran over multiple linebackers. Like, I've I've never seen a quarterback that is as successful as Jalen is that can do that. Like, I agree. I think that from a defensive coordinator perspective, that's just a nightmare. It is, yeah, and it's going to change a lot of games. And and uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so you mentioned the Mannings just transitioning to the sports betting side. You know, Peyton and Eli, you can't turn on TV without seeing Peyton or Eli in a Caesars sports betting commercial. Um, just, you know, there's what's changed over the last four years when sports betting got legalized was all of the sports betting endorsements were all underground. It was like with these illegal offshore books, like Five Dimes or Bovada. And like they hired some former professional athletes to do ads, like digital ads and tv ads but like now that it's legal like clearly the nfl is embracing more and more the sports betting side of things like does that factor into current athletes brains they talk about the point spread they care about the point spread you know obviously they realize once they retire the doors open up you know a little bit wider for the universe but just what's their attitude towards sports betting now and has it changed over the last four years with guys like Peyton and eli getting involved yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head with that second part is when they retire, like, I mean, Chris Long's our, our close buddy and like, he is all in, like, he knows every damn line, he knows everything, he's all into the betting world, uh, and they see the the value in it, not only for obviously their own podcast purposes, and, and they have these partnerships with a lot of these betting sites, but um, it makes the game fun, like, that's what, that's what betting is doing, like, you have you know, a lot of like wives, girlfriends and, and, and people getting into football, not only just for the fantasy aspect, like fantasy football obviously changes a lot, but the betting aspect. Now you throw $5 on a game, it makes a game more fun. Like how are we going to watch some of these Thursday night football when the bears are playing at all? Like hey, betting hey. changes it. It's like, I know right? who's going to get touches. It, it, it changes the dynamic when they're playing a lot of my guys personally, like, I mean, Lane doesn't even watch football if Monday night football. Yeah. Like, he loves playing football. He hates watching football. You know that. Like, he's going and watching, you know, Dahmer. Dahmer. Yeah, exactly. He'll be all about that instead of Monday Night Football. Jalen is obsessed with football as a game, and I he doesn't like – I mean, Jalen is like Mr. Perfect. He doesn't do anything. Like, he just loves football. So I don't really talk about the betting side with him because I know he's like, who cares? Like, stop talking about Like, I don't care. Um, but I'm sure it's out there. Like I'm trying to think of any of my guys, even it's weird. Cause like baseball, you see like Jock Peterson, these guys are like obsessed with betting and, and then like football guys, I think it's especially cause we just saw, uh, Calvin, Falcons, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, for, I mean, cause you're, you are not allowed to gamble. Like it's, it's very clear cut and I think all sports are, but just how they dance and you know, all those things. And, and, I think when Ridley did that, I think it turned off a lot of guys. So if they are doing it, they're not talking about it. And they're being very careful who they say it. But I, I haven't heard it within my guys. But, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest difference. But 
they they respect it because it just it gains more interest in it. And then of course you're gonna have your conspiracy theorists that like, oh, they they missed the last field goal or whatever. Right. But, yeah. Right. Um, but if if the Eagles showed up somewhere and were you know four point underdogs. Uh, I I have a feeling uh, Sirianni would be making that very public in the locker room. Like, hey, like we're underdogs right now. Okay, no one believes in us, right? Yeah, that's a, that is a good point. That I mean, that's what that is something I would definitely talk about. Like, we're underdogs by how much? You know, like they, I think they're all aware. That's a good that's a good point. They do definitely know a line of a game to see strengths. So like, how do we match up? And like ESPN right now for the rest of the schedule, like showed the favor. Of like they're they're favored in every game. Like two weeks ago, uh, the Packers was the closest one. Um, just projecting what the the line would be, but yeah, you're right. That they're definitely aware of of initial lines just to show like, are we better than this team or not? Yeah, I mean Lane Lane got famous, you know, during the Super Bowl run for wearing the dog mask, and that was basically a, a ode to an underdog, right? And yeah. you can argue, does he care if it's a three point underdog or an eight point underdog? Maybe not, but you know he he became a famous player as an offensive lineman, which is difficult wearing that, that underdog mask during the whole playoff run. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I have my UFC guy fighting next week and, or this coming week, Saturday. And I think Lane did ask, he's like, is he favorite? He did say <laughs> something about that. Like, and like Lane, like doesn't even know anything about that. I was like, what did you say? <laughs> um, so yeah. So, so besides Lane and, and Jalen, uh, you, you work with UFC athletes or, and, and other athletes in other sports. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before a lot more. Now it's I pretty much have all football, and then I have Sean Brady. He's a actually local Philly kid. Uh, he's fighting on that UFC 280 card. Um, he's a little bit of a favorite, so we're good. He's ranked eight right now. The guy he's fighting is fifth. So if he wins this, he'll go top five. Um, and he's in Kamara Usman's uh, division, and so he has a big, you know, big couple guys ahead, and and uh, a really exciting division. But yeah, so he's my only UFC guy right now. Uh, and then all my other athletes are, they're all football guys. we got guys on the Saints, the Packers, um, the Cardinals, like you name it. We have a lot of guys. And, and again, that a lot of it, I know I have big relationships with a lot of guys just because of people I've trained over the years, but a lot of it is it's Lane. Like they look at Lane, he has a six pack and he's 335 pounds. And most linemen are like, I don't <laughs> want to do that. So I'm going to go out with you. So he's uh, my best internal marketing, I guess an external marketing guy that, uh, I have on my team. Yeah. And so is your, is your goal to start your own type of facility, um, you know, kind of, you know, land back in LA or, or, or somewhere warmer than, than Jersey. And, and uh, now people can come to you versus you going to them. Yeah. I mean, um, so I'm, I'm finishing up my, uh, my uh, master's in uh, acupuncture right now. I got about a year and a half left and, uh, I know I can't train people forever, so I, I definitely wanted like some type of segue into still healing the body and, and developing and, and uh, treating body. So that's why I went with the acupuncture side. And, and I don't know, man. I never even thought I'd be in Philly. I, I, ta- I promise. Like if somebody said, "Hey, you want to go live in Philly?" I'd be like, <laughs> "You're out of your mind." And here I am. So I never know what I'm going to do, but just kind of like arming myself with the best tools to uh, make that decision. And I mean, yeah, I'd love to go work in California, but. Might end up in Texas. Who knows? It's pretty much how these guys do and where they want to go is that's, I kind of just got to ride the wave. Yeah. Well, um, that, you know, thank, thank you so much for, for joining us this week. Uh, I think this, this interview was great. Uh, it was great to learn about, about uh, the work you do, and uh, we, we appreciate your time. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, wait, who, the, uh, who, who does the 
who has what's, what's the best line this week? I need some inside info. What do we got? I mean, the Bears play. So I'll be at the Monday night game. Uh, the Bears play. The Bears at- hit the under every. Are they six for six on the under? I bet you they are. I mean, I if you're ever picking a survivor pick, I would encourage you to pick whoever the Bears are playing. So the Bears are a seven and a half point dog. Um, even with Bailey Zappi playing quarterback, I would still take Pats minus seven and a hook. So I just, this team is horrendous. Uh, the offensive line is bad. Justin Fields is marginally improving. He's still not the quarterback we thought he was going to be from a throwing perspective. So, uh, I would take the Pats and honestly, not an amazing NFL slate this upcoming weekend. Chiefs Niners is an intriguing one. Chiefs are a three point favorite in California. Um, yeah, that yeah, you guys awesome. are all, Eagles are off this week, so yeah. But we got two eighty, so let's, let's make sure that everybody hammers Sean Brady. He's going to win. So there, there you go. That's your there, there, there's a lock of the week. Sean Brady minus two eighty. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, right, Gabe. Guys. And we are back. Thank you again to Gabe for for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, you know, I think. Not everyone realizes. I think people realize that starting quarterbacks in the NFL have personal trainers, but uh, I don't think most people realize that that tackles uh, ha- have their own have their own personal trainer. But um, it just goes to show you that uh, you know these guys are just the top of the top athletes, and um, the even when they're not in the facility, uh, you know, year round, not just in the summer, year round, uh, they are getting that that one on one attention, um, and um, you know, it just goes to show you how how dedicated some of these guys are to, to the craft. Yeah, we didn't really touch on this, but Lane Johnson was a quarterback <laughs> in high school. So, um, you know, and now he's six foot seven, 330 pounds with a six pack. Um, so, yeah, to your point of cream of the crop athletes, um, this guy is an absolute freak. Um, absolutely awesome that Lane, part of Lane's pitch was. I'm going to be in the hall of fame. And uh, so if you want to get mentioned in my hall of fame speech, then then you should take this job. Like that's, you know, being that young in the league and, and just making that proclamation. I mean, that is, that is calling a shot. And, and Lane is 100% on that type of trajectory right now. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, that offensive line is, is incredible. And I think that's a huge reason for why they're winning football games that their offensive line just moves people and it opens up a dozen different uh, play options every play. Yeah. And I think being alongside a first bout hall of famer in Jason Kelsey, uh, obviously I think really kind of helps lay the foundation and, and show lane, you know, the, the path uh, and, and the work um, that's uh, that's needed. And, 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 you know, they're both iron men. Like I think the, like they barely miss any games. Um, obviously lane uh, exited last night's game, but um, they have a bye week So, uh, we wish a we wish Lane a, a, a speedy recovery, and uh, hopefully he's not out for uh, for too long. Um, so, uh, without further ado, uh, it is time to get into this week's steak or swap. The NBA season tips off this week, so we thought it'd be a good time to talk about some of our favorite NBA futures. Uh, The first team we are going to talk about is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, You might remember them uh, having an 
early playoff exit last season where uh, James Harden once again had a, a had a disappointing uh, postseason uh, performance, uh, you know, only putting up something like two shots uh, in, in one of those uh, playoff games after uh, the city just was extremely pumped uh, to have him join the team. But um, I despite that, I am going to stake the 76ers at 14 to one uh, this season. Um, they were able to re-sign James Harden uh, this past offseason uh, at an amount lower than he could have gotten. Uh, you know, ru- you know, we'll uh, we'll leave off maybe if he's getting paid on the table uh, for another discussion. But uh, James Harden took less money. Um, he supposedly is in shape now, which. I don't know why you wouldn't be in shape uh, in previous seasons, but apparently this is the season that, that he's in shape. Uh, and so with that pay cut uh, that Harden took, the 76ers were able to sign P.J. Tucker, uh, who he was in Miami last season. Uh, and of course, Miami was able to get the number one seed and almost make it to the NBA Finals. He was with the Bucks the season before that when they won the championship. Uh, so, you know, P.J. Tucker will uh, add a, a great, well, I think will be a great addition to this team and give some kind of experience uh, to, some, to some of the young guys. Uh, one of those young guys is Tyrese Maxey, who had a great season last year, uh, and I think he is poised to make even a bigger leap uh, going into his third season. Uh, he is currently the second favorite to win most improved player of the year uh, at 12 to one odds. I think that's also kind of a, a, a good bet. Um, he, he's really good. Uh, and uh, I think he'll have plenty of, of opportunity to, to shine. Uh, and then when I look at the other teams in the East, the other top teams, you got the Celtics who I think they're going to come out lethargic. I think they played a lot of games last season, late into the summer. Uh, I think they're going to kind of maybe sleepwalk uh, through the beginning part of the season. Obviously, they just lost their head coach. Uh, you know, the jury's still out on, on what that's going to mean. Uh, the Bucks, too, I think they are very confident in what they can do in the postseason. So I think they, they could, you know, be resting players more more often in the regular season and kind of just, you know, the last year, the Bucks were perfectly fine with, uh, you know, resting some of the guys at the end of the season to get the three seed instead of getting the two seed which then meant that they had to go to Boston in the conference uh, in the conference semifinals, uh, and that actually kind of came back to bite them because uh, they, they lost uh, Game Seven in in Boston. Uh, so, uh, but point being is, I think they are perfectly comfortable with with uh, with not you know going for the number one seed, uh, and then of course you got the Nets who. Your guess is good as mine is what's going to happen to to the Nets this season. Uh, you know the Kyrie drama. You know can Kevin Durant stay healthy? You know they wanted the coach fired. So I mean that that's a soap opera. So I I I wouldn't I could not tell you which way that season is going to go. So I think the Sixers have a very legit shot to be the number one seed uh, in the East. Which obviously, if that were to happen, though that fourteen to one is going to go down tremendously. Uh, you can even bet them to be the number one seed uh, right now, uh, four to one at FanDuel. Uh, so for all those reasons, I am staking the 76ers. Yeah. Um, I will also stake the 76ers um, living out there for the past three years, went to probably two dozen uh, Sixers games, but I think above all else, you know, it's definitely helpful to see players eye to eye, but also above all else, like these kids, out in Southern New Jersey and Philadelphia, those are the most knowledgeable sports fans in the country. I would I would put their their home team trivia up against any fan 
in in America. They just they like are obsessed with their team. So as such, you make a lot of friends with these kids, and they give you a lot of these statistics. So um, you know, to add on to the the Bucks competition. Uh, the Sixers do really well against Milwaukee. That's that's like a thing that that Embiid uh, matches up really well against Giannis. Giannis does extremely poorly when um, when JoJo, as they call him out there, guards Giannis. So not super worried about the Bucks. Um, I I don't I couldn't trust the Nets less. Like totally concur that Durant's the best player in the game, but Kyrie's an absolute head case. Steve Nash clearly isn't getting along with Durant. Like I just, I completely agree with the soap opera take. Like I don't, I don't trust that team at all. So I've been on the Sixers for the past couple of years. Uh, certainly a little bit of bias and living out there, but like Joel Embiid is so much fun to watch. Um, Tyrese Maxey took a giant leap forward last year. He looked really, really good. Um, and of course, James Harden, who, you know, can be, uh, people debate that he's the best scoring man in the league. His defense is obviously horrendous, which I would like to improve, which it's solely an effort situation. It's not like he's like got bad feet. Like he's just not putting an effort to play good D. Um, but because they match up well against the uh, Bucks, and who knows what's going on in the Celtics, maybe a coin flip between Boston and Philly. Uh, and I don't trust Brooklyn. I will also stake the 76ers. Yeah. Um, so, the next team we're going to talk about will uh, will jump to the to the West Coast, uh, the Western Conference, and talk about the L.A. Lakers. Uh, currently twenty seven to one to win the NBA championship. Luke, are you going to stake or swap the Lakers? Yeah, I am going to stake the Los Angeles Lakers at twenty seven to one for a few reasons. One uh, process of elimination. If you look at the other teams in the West. Phoenix will leave Golden State alone because Golden State is definitely a superior team, and there's a reason why they're plus 575 at Caesars. So throw out Golden State. Los Angeles Clippers next in line at around 7-1. to Kawhi can't stay in the court. I don't trust them enough. Certainly if Kawhi can't play a full season, I don't trust them. Phoenix, Chris Ball is getting old. Um, don't trust them enough. They obviously had to collapse last season, um, last year versus the Mavericks. Um, and then that's really it. It's the Nuggets and the Lakers, kind of similar odds. So that's point number one, process of elimination. Uh, point number two is that you. Can, this is just value. Uh, the Lakers are 27 to 1 at FanDuel and 18 to 1 at Caesars. So just by value alone, you're getting you know 50% more for your money. I mean, that is crazy by line shopping. Um, so grab that 27 to one at FanDuel. They're 18 to one at Caesars, 18 to one at points, but 18 to one MGM. Like you're getting 50% more money by making, by simply line shopping at FanDuel, the you know number one, most popular sports book in the country. Um, and then third point is this is a star driven league. The referees make calls. I'm not saying consciously, but I'm saying subconsciously to, uh, allow for the stars to improve their stats and dominate the basketball games. It's been going on since the nineties, probably even earlier than that. I just started following it. Um, you know, uh, sports betting. We started this company seven years ago. I've been following it intently since the last seven years, but it's been going on since the nineties with MJ. Um, this is a star driven league. So, you know, refs subconsciously will give LeBron calls. Um, 
And then the fourth point is the um, when they won the championship two years ago, it was really just LeBron and AD carrying the water. And now I completely understand the logic that AD is made of class um, and he may not play, you know, a full season. So it's a bet on AD. That's that's really what this comes down to. And I get uh, it might not be a super strong bet because he may not play the whole season. But for all those reasons, I'd like 27 to one. Maybe we won't win the finals. But again, for the value. That's my pick. Yep. Uh, th- those are all good points. Um, I, it's funny. The first thing that comes to my mind about those odds differences is that uh, MGM and Caesars are in Vegas and FanDuel is not. And uh, Vegas is obviously heavily uh, Lakers and LA influenced. Uh, and so I wonder if those differences in the odds is because uh, all these Lakers fans are going to Vegas and, and, and betting their team. Um, but yeah. I am I going if, to... I wonder if those- Sorry to cut you I wonder if there was a website where someone could make a bet in New Jersey at a at a FanDuel casino and then post it to someone who lives on the West Coast. That'd be a great idea for a website. Yeah, uh, if you find that, let me know. Um, yeah. So, uh, but with all that being said, uh, I am going to swap the Lakers. Um, obviously, LeBron. You know, when healthy, he's still one of the top players in the league. Uh, this is definitely a a show me year for Anthony Davis. I mean, I think last year he came in too bulky. I think he was trying to bulk up, um, and I think it led to some injuries, just too much weight on him. Uh, and so I, I've heard that he has slimmed down and and trying to get back to his uh, uh, you know older ways. But once you get past those two players. They are not a deep team. I mean, they're talking about Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, which is not, that's not a great sign. And then, you know, their, their third best player, Kendrick Nunn. Is it Austin Reeves? Uh, is, it Pat, is it Patrick Beverly? Like, you know, in order to have success in the regular season, you need to be eight deep, right? Because you can't just be, it's not playoff time where you could just like rely so heavily on your starters. You got to give them breathers and, you know, Maybe Russell comes in with the second unit and he just absolutely cooks, you know, against the other backups. But I, I'm gonna, I would wager to say that he, that Russ himself is cooked, uh, and I just don't see the 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 the, the roster. Just it, the the depth's not there. Uh, and then you know, you went through the the other teams in the conference. Uh, totally agree with you that I think Phoenix. I think that window uh, has closed. But um, I think you're dismissing Memphis who was really good last year. They're super young. I think, you know, that's a really deep team that can that can do well in the regular season. And again, because they're so young, they can play more minutes and more games than than like a LeBron can. Uh, and then you mentioned them for a brief second, um, but I think the Nuggets are a team to look out for because Jamal Murray did not play at all last year, and he is now fully back and healthy. Uh, and so I think that's a team that, I mean, um, Jokic, carry that team on his back to a playoff spot. Uh, and so really without any primary score. Uh, and so with, uh, with, with Jamal Murray back, uh, I think they, they actually have a legit shot to be uh, a number one or number two seed uh, in the West. Uh, and then again, the Clippers totally agree. They are, I can't believe how hyped up they are for not having accomplished anything, but uh, we've seen it before with Kawhi in Toronto. Like when he wants to play, he is one of the best players in the league. Uh, and uh, I, I do like Ty Lu as a coach. So, um, you know, I honestly, I could, I could see the Lakers, you know, getting into the, you know, being a play in team, honestly. Um, I, I am not, I am, I would not bet on the Lakers this season. Um, but again, you know, if you're able to bet them and then flip them the next day to someone who's on the West coast and doesn't have access to, to great odds. Yeah. Then that's a different story. But, um, in terms of, 
you know, buying stock in the Lakers this season. Uh, I will not be doing that. I will be swapping the Lakers. So uh, that will wrap it up uh, for this week's episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. Thank you again to Gabe for joining us. Thank you for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.